Trends in technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more coming up on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company, starts now. Welcome to the cutting edge of cannabis. I'm your host, Ellis Smith, and today we will be speaking with Milan Patel of Pathogen DX. Pathogen DX is a six-hour swab test for up to 50 pathogens. And so, Milan, welcome. Great to have you on today. Thank you, Alice. I really appreciate the time you're taking and very happy to be on, honored to be on this, on this uh, show. Now, I'm super excited to learn about this technology, but before we dive into it, I want to get a little understanding of your background. Now, you have an uh, uh, undergrad in uh, electrical engineering, and then you've got a, a master's in biomedical engineering, and then you also have a master's in finance and marketing. Very, very diverse there as far as your education <laughs> goes. And then also you, your background in life sciences, biotech, and automotive. How did you come to create a company like Pathogen DX, if we don't mind starting there today? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I have had quite a colorful background, so I appreciate that. It's, you know, I think I've got, you know, uh, I think I'm sort of AD, ADD or ADHD, if you can call it <laughs> attention deficit disorder. But, you know, um, but, uh, but in all jest, uh, you know, my, my interest has always been since I, since I graduated from a biomedical degree was always uh, doing things with uh, that applied to to human health, but I never really got to that point primarily because I wound up getting sucked into different industries, uh, albeit you know very very beneficial from an experience perspective. But it was really in the day um, after having you know two exits in in technology, uh, I came upon a, a a company that really had a very interesting technology where the inventor uh, and is my partner, Dr. Mike Hogan, uh, a pedigree guy, had, had spent pretty much for the past 30 years looking at, at sort of, you know, looking at how things were, were uh, tested in the DNA space, in the genetic space, if you may. And, um, you know, it, it was a, the, the, his invention that really tried to simplify both the science and the art of, of DNA testing so simple and so you know so efficient that caught my surprise and so what had happened is i'd, I'd invested in the parent company but the, you know the 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 management at that point in time really did not have a clear vision of how uh you know how to execute the the, the technology in the right markets to really benefit you know society as a whole and what i did was i effectively licensed out the technology uh to pat you know and formed a company pathogen dx with a much broader, uh, you know, with a much broader vision, uh, and ultimately that vision was was applying in multiple markets. Uh, the, the the ultimate, uh, you know, takeaway for for your listeners and uh, and the audience here is is that you know um, what we what we what Hogan had invented and where where we're now applying is is essentially the replacement technology to Julius Petrie. Now, you know, Petri dish has been around for about 130, 140 years. And, and you know, he, he, he did what he needed to do, which is a, night, a great 19th century, 
you know, technology, but, but in today's world in 21st century, heard and seen about Chipotle several years ago, as well as Romaine last year. The challenge is that, that in these industries, the velocity of anything you consume is moving much faster through the supply chain. And the ability to identify bad or contaminated product needs to be uh, you know, done, it needs to be delivered through a 21st century technology rather than 19th century technology. And that's been the, the issue at, you know, with those particular examples is, you know, the, the country sees roughly around, I think, 1400 foodborne outbreaks a year. And it's really, uh, it's really sort of, a, you know, uh, characteristic that we're still using 19th century Petri dish testing to help us identify what is bad bacteria and product into it, that's that's causing people sickness or their or death and that's what what ultimately was the driving force behind why I you know why we we did what we did okay well I appreciate that background and history there to kind of lead us up to really so the technology is a a, a quicker, faster approach to really being able to identify pathogens uh, when our normal pathway takes minimum 72 days to really identify and understand where the issue is. And at that point, it's hard in a manufacturing setting, whether it's for food or even for this topic today, cannabis, to really pinpoint and focus and mitigate and move past uh, that issue. And so help me understand then the pathogen dx and what the technology is and how you're helping not just the food industry but how you've stepped into cannabis as well yeah absolutely so this the the, the, the technology is really made of four four key sort of components if you may one is testing equipment or hardware this is standard lab equipment that's used to test for example like you said uh, cannabis so it could be you know cannabis flower or cannabis basically extracts, which is tinctures, concentrates, um, or infused products, or even edibles. And the second element of the test, uh, the, the, the technology is really these testing kits. And that, you know, just like everything in the world, whether you're getting your blood tested or, or you're getting uh, food tested, they, they actually start off with a, with a testing kit. And then the third component is, is that actual process that a lab techn technician at these cannabis testing labs basically undertake when they start off with, with, a, with, a, with a gram of flour to get to the result. And the fourth component is really a cloud-based software that analyzes, uh, analyzes uh, the data and comes up with the results. So these four things really make up the, the technology, but what's, what, what's uh, the real secret sauce is really uh, uh, you know, two components of that four things. One is uh, effectively a little slide glass. It's like one inch by three inches and it has little welds on them. And this, and each of the welds on this slide glass is an indip individual independent sample testing site. And what we've done is in these welds, we printed the genetic sequences up to 40 different pathogens um, in that one well. And so what, what you're effectively doing is you're using that slide glass as a, as a substrate, as a template to, to drop in your sample and ultimately image that particular well through a fluorescent imager. And within six hours, you'll be able to tell whether, you know, E. coli or salmonella or aspergillus or pseudomonas, these bugs that are endemic to the cannabis sector were, 
were in that sample. And the difference is, is that, you know, this is done in a much faster approach because it's a targeted approach uh, where you're going into the sample and you're looking for the DNA of the bad bacterial or fungal actors, if you may, as opposed to conventional Petri dish testing where you take that one gram of sample, you let it sort of cook in a broth overnight, and then you streak it onto this little agar Petri dish, and then you wait for colonies to grow over the next three to six or seven days. And then the human eye will look underneath the microscope and count, was there E. coli in there? So one is waiting to grow until you see that the E. coli is in there, which takes three to six days or seven days. And the other approach is a targeted approach where we just go into the sample and we look for the, for the targeted DNA. Now, that's one part of that, that sort of different differentiating technology that we have. And the second part is the, really the front-end process. And the front-end process is when we start off with a cannabis flower, like I said, these other methods, both uh, Petri dish testing as well as other conventional methods like real-time PCR, require what is called enrichment. So you're putting this, this flower in a little broth and you're waiting for sort of some level of catalysis of, of you know, E. coli or salmonella to sort of, you're supposed, supposed you're sort of accelerating uh, those particular organisms so that you can ultimately find them. We don't need to do that. And the reason why is we own the world's patent around taking a raw sample and being able to spin it down such that you spin down to the cells that you're looking for and then crack open those E. coli cells to the DNA. And then the process does, you work the process the rest of the way. So that's the two key components of how our technology is different compared to the other met method, making it much faster and making it much cheaper, as well as making it better from the, from the standpoint of being able to test a single colony, meaning one DNA strand of, of bad, of E. coli or salmonella or even fungal organisms. And why we did what we did was we realized that this technology had incredible potential I mean, you know, in food, in agricultural testing, in water, in um, even pharmaceuticals, clinical, you know, cosmetics, you name it. Anything you consume or put on your body has a risk of having contaminating you or infecting you. And what we did was we realized that the cannabis market was, a, was, was, a, was the opportunity market for us. And why? Because one, it was small enough. Two, the feds or the FDA didn't want to touch it from a regulatory perspective. So it, it created a, a, an opening door for us. By not having to go through federal regulatory approval, we realized on the basis of an assumption that we could get validated at a state-level regulatory uh, process much quicker than if we had to go through the FDA or the USDA. And that's exactly what happened. And now we're in over 90 labs across 20 different states and three countries with this technology being used. And so the idea was to commercialize and show to the world the value proposition of this type of technology um, you know, uh, within cannabis with the ultimate goal of pivoting into these other markets into, the, into next year. Um, and so that's, that's the key, key, uh, key point around this. What a wealth of information that you just shared with us. It's very eye-opening to understand what you guys have done and brought into uh, the, the cannabis space. And so with that being said, you know, from a lot of the information I've read, 
it mentions more about hemp and the stuff you've done with Icon Farms. If you could talk mm-hmm. to me about that particular relationship and what the goals and objectives are with that relationship. Yes, absolutely. So Icon Farms, a great strategic partner of ours, you know, um, basically we're working together to set an industry standard in microbial testing for hemp, uh, specifically rubric that hemp growers, processors, and producers, as well as ultimately testing labs can rely on to, a, 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 to basically deliver a much higher quality product that's free of microbial contamination. Now, in the world of hemp, uh, obviously the USDA just came out with their release of, of regulations around potency. Well, they're just focusing on potency in terms of is it above or below 0.3 THC to allow for the product to move on. Um, there's other aspects of the product that need to be absolutely clear, right? Hemp is being used in pre-rolls such, such as Icon Farms. And basically, Jordan uh, uh, you know, and I are working together, the CEO of Icon Farms, essentially, you know, deliver a higher standard of, you know, of basically uh, contaminant-free hemp product to the industry and, you know, not basically reinvent some of the clear challenges that the agricultural industry has gone through in terms of pathogen contamination or viral contamination. And what we're doing is we're delivering this rubric, if you may, on, you know, what's the right threshold of testing for, you know, uh, Jordan's company, Icon Farms, as well as other uh, hemp producers, manufacturers, and processors that allows them to be, be, be you know, assured that their product is free of aspergillus, which is a, basically a contaminant that can create lung infections, for example. So, you know, while we're waiting for the federal government to come out with microbial regulations that, are, that make, make sense, the industry with Jordan is already t- leaning forward and doing it and saying, you know, we're not waiting for the federal government to do it. We're going to do it on our own. We're going to show that we can deliver clean and safe and pure product to the consumers and that they can be rest assured that they don't have any, any contamination or outbreaks associated with what the sort of the cannabis industry recently saw with the e-vape crisis. Well, we're seeing contamination problems still in in heavily regulated cannabis markets, and we know that in the hemp space, there has not really been a whole lot of uh, regulation around this pathogen. And we know it's super important to understand these and make sure your microbial counts pass a certain level as we don't want to get people sick. And uh, it's great to see that you are working with them to really develop a standard. Uh, Is that... Are you going to be working in cannabis as well? Right now, is your focus just on hemp? As I see a need one for a lot of projects I work with to be able to have this stuff in house. You know, we can't afford uh, to have heavy machinery to do this. And sure, we can do petri dishes, but you know, uh, three to five days or seven days to wait to understand what a culture turns back on what I have. It's hard to go back and pinpoint and you know mitigate that issue again. So, Milan, we need to take a break, and we'll come back. We'll continue talking to you about Pathogen DX. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. 
Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues, only on CannabisRadio.com. And so, Milan, please explain to me, you mentioned earlier that you guys are operating in 90 labs across the U.S., and I read about you guys working with Icon Farms uh, in the hemp sector. Are you also working in the cannabis side as well, or is it just hemp only? It's, it's actually, uh, up until now, um, we've been working in the cannabis sector. Pretty much all of the 90 labs have been, in, you know, uh, cannabis testing labs across 20, country, uh, 20 states, three countries. Um, you know, and so now with Icon Farms, we're now also uh, taking the first step to also break into the hemp hemp testing sector uh, across the full supply chain from the from the farm directly to the end product in terms of testing for microbials on hemp. Okay, and help me understand with this technology that you have that is now taking out of the labs and really bringing the experience in for the owners of the facilities. Is there any specific training that the staff need to go through or any technical expertise required to do these tests? Yeah, great, great question. There really isn't, you know, high-end expertise at all needed. It's not like you need to be a PhD or even a master's. You know, all you need, and or even a bachelor's for that matter, all you need is, is uh, you know, basically a good, good level of attention to detail. You know, effectively, the, the process requires the simple thing that it requires is the ability to pipette, that's it, and, and follow instructions. So we trained high school students, you know, over two days, and they've mastered the process. So it's a really, really simple, easy-to-follow process. A lot of it is automated within the technology itself. So we've taken the, if you may, the human user-proof or error-prone steps out of it and automated that as part of the, the, the technology. And that, that made it a lot easier for uh, bringing down the skill set level and the technical capability capability 
of the person administering the test to a very, very uh, elementary or rudimentary level. Now, how cost effective are these tests compared to um, going to a lab, I guess you would say, or some of the other competition that would be out there? Because I'm the kind of guy, I'm going to be doing services, not just products. I want to make sure all areas of process and, and, and procedure are really being identified as areas of contamination. How do we minimize that or reduce that completely? And so how cost effective is this? This is extremely, this technology is extremely cost effective. And the reason why it is, is because when we're, when we're, the way that the architecture of technology is, is that what it costs us to put, like, for example, uh, we test 50 pathogens with a single swab within six hours. And the reason why we can do that is because of the cost of implementing uh, by putting the genetic sequences of all 50 uh, pathogens is is just a fraction of the cost of, of for example, if a lab had to do 50 Petri dishes. So in the cost of a 50 Petri dishes, at the average cost of 2 or $3, the Petri dish, it would cost the lab around 100 to $150. Whereas for pathogen tests for environmental, where it's testing 50 pathogens, it's costing roughly anywhere from 25 to $35. So it's about one anywhere from one, you know, one third to one fifth lower cost to perform our test as opposed to the Petri dish or even real-time PCR, which is in sort of the next best DNA type of technology. Uh, but it's much faster by a factor of four to four to six times faster in terms of results. And with such a high value crop, time is everything. You need to get the result almost immediately because, you know, you're, you know, the growers, you know, the dispensaries, they've spent a lot of money in the value of that crop, you know, and, it, and you know, every pound will be around $1,500 $1 or more. So you can just imagine that they would, they would want results much quicker. And by far, the micro test is the longest test in the testing regime that any independent testing lab has to do. All of the tests are done in two to four hours. So these other competing methods, such as Petri dish or QPCR, take anywhere from three to six days, and our test takes six hours. So you're bringing it closer to the other battery of tests. So the product gets tested quicker, it's, it's safer, and it gets released to the customer and sold faster. So, you know, a high value crop isn't losing uh, the, the value of it if it contaminated well, when, when results take, you know, days to, to, do, to be delivered to them. Uh, how exciting. I see that every operator should have one of these kits in house. This is a no brainer. I mean, I'm currently looking at multiple businesses to purchase in the Nevada market, which is very, uh, has a very high standard for their microbial testing. And a lot of these folks are just distressed because they can't pass the testing side. All the way down to yep. E-Coli, and to me, these are just simple processes and procedures to wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. And so uh, having these types of tools in-house to me is, it will be a standard or should be if you really want to be a, a competitor in this space. Are you seeing Absolutely. the mindset adopting this as well? Yeah, we have. We're starting to, you know, we've seen uh, some of the, some of the national branded multi-state growers adopt the technology as for environmental screening for pre for pre-screening the, the the canopy or the 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 crop before it goes to an independent certified lab the key takeaway the point that you brought up ellis is is that when you look at the number of growers that are in the country right now feeding samples to labs there's a high level of contamination on the on the product itself 
And you, one would have to ask the question, why? Well, the reason why is that it's not that the, the product itself was contaminated when it was first cultivated. It, it's just that through the environment, whether it's it's a vent in, in one of the rooms or, you know, the mother room or it's, it's a fan or it's a drain, what's happening is there's airborne contamination of pathogens winding up on the canopy. And then when samples get pulled off, for those uh, off the canopy and goes to a testing lab that's where it fails so the bottom line is if we're trying to drive the industry to almost pharmaceutical grade quality level product you have to swab your environment you have to swab the physical structure you have to basically collect the air and find out where the pathogens are coming from and address it at the root source of that level and that's what we've invented with this technology and that helps the growers avoid having to spray fungicides and pesticides, which basically compound their issue, as well as mitigate the risk of losing both economic loss as well as compliance loss to, those, to the growers. And that's what, what, what we've developed with the EnviroX uh, uh, product is something nobody else has been able to deliver in the cannabis sector or any other sector uh, where you can get a result in six hours and quickly identify the source of contamination so that grower can remediate that location, sterilize it, and then put a control plan around it. And then going forward, they will be able to maintain a much cleaner environment and be able to deliver a much cleaner, safer, and higher quality product. Well, that's a, it's, it's just great to see that we're bringing another line of defense for operators to really put into their toolbox so that they can really one, you know, take care of their, of their investments, ensuring that they can sell 100% of their product through. And uh, it just makes a, a lot of sense to have this. So Absolutely. And remember that for a grower, that, you know, of course, cost is a concern. The cost of this particular uh, capability for them is three to eight cents of every revenue dollar. And right now, We've, we've seen so many examples, like in Colorado, for example, the Colorado Department of Public Health posted the 2018 annual report. And in their 2018 annual report, for, I think there were close to 700 cultivators or growers as part of licensed cultivators and growers. Uh, I believe they had 15% yield loss due to microbials. So think about it. Of a 15% yield loss, if you if every grower decides it wants to spend between three and eight eight cents of every dollar on preventative level testing of its infrastructure and its canopy, it would be able to bring down that 15% loss to a much more reasonable level at a lower level and be able to save a lot more money. So effectively, what we're dealing right now is we're walking over dollars to pick up pennies, and we need to yeah. flip it the other way where you're spending pennies to save you dollars. A lot of these operators are hard-headed though. It's hard to let these guys uh, kind of see kind of what they're doing and, and how they can really overcome the, this, this challenge. It really should not be a challenge. I think the other point around this is, is that we're lucky that in the cannabis sector right now, everything is managed at the state level. And I think that's, that's allowed a freedom of degree of operation. But when, when and if and when, I think it's probably a, a, a moment, it's, it's when, this becomes a federal oversight issue. When the USDA comes in, if it's for recreational or the FDA comes in for medicinal into every grower, they're going to mandate HACCP. HACCP is hazard uh, analysis control plan. And what that forces is they're doing that already in the food and the, and the meat processing plants. 
and 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 in in sort of the ag the ag side of the world. And so what that means is, in that in that industry, they're they're demanding that you know food and 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 meat processing plants swab what are called critical zones where the food is likely to get contaminated. That product's likely to contaminated. So this is this is if it's not today, it'll be looming in the future. And by us implementing the industry acting on its own accord to be proactive around this, it will only benefit uh, the mentality and the mindset of the industry to be ready when the feds decide to come down us with those regulations. And that's why getting us, you know, ready for as a, as an everyday standard operating practice for preventative, you know, screening of your facility of your surfaces and of your product will, will help us tomorrow when the Freds come in. We need to take a break and we'll come back. We'll finish the last segment with you. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on cannabisradio.com. Welcome back. I'm here with Milan Patel of Pathogen DX. What a great conversation today. Super excited to learn more about your technology and how this really is going to be a game changer in our spaces. Uh, I expect to see this technology really being utilized in all operations across the space now to understand that you can do this cost effectively to really understand contamination points and how to mitigate them in real time without having to go days and days and days on end. I think this is just a, a great product coming into the space. But that being said though, what kind of obstacles are you seeing as you're approaching the market with this product? And what kind of pushback are you seeing? 
You know, great question. Um, basically, this is such a new technology that it's hard for people, uh, whether it's lab directors or growers, to get their head around. And so we're having to, you know, we're having to retrain and re-educate and re-inform, you know, uh, the industry on the on the pre premise of this technology. And it's not, you know, and I think that's just normal with anything new. And that's sort of the challenges we're seeing is we would like better adoption rate. We've been successful already. Uh, it's sort of the leading technology right now in the micro space for us, uh, at, at least with the independent uh, testing labs in cannabis. And I believe it will be the prevailing technology in the grow space, knowing the, the breadth of what the technology can do to improve the quality for growers and cultivators. But I think at the end of the day, people can easily get their head around how a Petri dish works. But this is a molecular technology. It's the next, it's, the, it's sort of the next breakthrough technology for microbial testing. And that always is a change. And when there's a change, you have to go through a, a very high you know, learning curve in terms of scaling a wall of how it works. And, and we've, we've, we've now become better at educating the industry around it. And we'll get better with, with better uh, information, with, with video and, and so forth. And I think that's, that's sort of been some of the resistance points. But beyond that, I think at the end of the day, the good news is, is that the technology is, is performs much better than, you know, Petri dish testing or real-time PCR, it, it's, it's much faster than either of those methods. And, and it's actually um, at a much lower cost per, per organism or per test than those, those methods. And, and, and so regulators now across almost the 20 states understand this technology. And as we get more and more information out there, the ultimate goal is to make this the household uh, microbial platform in the cannabis sector, if not also the hemp sector, as we venture into these other markets. What can we expect to see from you over the next 12 months and up to three to five years? What are your goals as you've entered into this sector in this space? You're having, you're having success with your technology. What else you got up your sleeve? What else are you going to bring to us? <laughs> Great question. Uh, I, you know, that we continue to innovate uh, on the platform by, by making it even better lower cost we're about we've got some uh, massive opportunities to improve the performance we're, we're delivering a technology with the technology to only test for live cells meaning viable cells with live dna i know growers and cultivators are concerned about is the organism is the e coli on my flower material living or is it dead or is it in dormant stage now you know there's many camps that you know, think through, you know, they only want to think about live. So we're about to introduce that breakthrough in the next two to three months uh, to the industry. And that'll sort of ease their concern. Um, but beyond that, what we're doing is uh, in the next two to three or five years, what we want to do is we want to, we want this better, faster, cheaper microbial DNA based microbial testing technology to become the displacement, the replacement technology for Julius Petrie. We do not, we want to have the world move over to this technology because it is, it is much better. It is much faster. It is a lot cheaper. And what we're planning to do is now introduce this into the agricultural market, into the food safety testing market in next year, as well as into the dairy market next year. So we, 
beyond cannabis and hemp, we're now moving into five different markets over the next two to three years with, uh, with this particular technology becoming the standard for testing of microbes. Where can we find your technology? We're, you know, you can visit our website. We're, we have 90 labs uh, that, are, that are now uh, using the technology, uh, you know, that are participating with this, uh, that are using this platform. And, and uh, you know, by just visiting our website or contacting us directly, we can, we can point you to the, to, the, to the labs. Every month we're adding another anywhere from five to seven new lab customers, both in, in uh, cannabis as well as in, in hemp. Uh, and you know we will we will uh, we will point you to to who can make it or offer it up for you uh, as a as a grower as a cultivator as a producer as a processor so that you can ensure that your product is absolutely safe and clean and pure and and of the highest quality. I think it's important that you know given the the, the what we've seen in this in the cannabis sector with the e vape issue that, you know, that this becomes, uh, a, uh, you know, safety and quality becomes a prevailing, it's just a given. It's not a nice to have or a regulatory requirement. It's, it's a given because we're talking about liability. If people get sick or die, and because we've used substandard methods that, that do not keep it out the absolute, the safest and the highest quality, people are going to pay for it. And we don't want that to happen in the cannabis sector. Well, Milan, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Uh, I want to thank our audience for joining us as well and joining us for the cutting edge of cannabis. You can download our past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com, subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.